Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Nothing is wrong, nothing is right, but nothing is clear. And nobody wins, nobody waits, cause nobody knows what's real. And how could you be so cruel? How could you let me think that you were happy to be there, waiting around? Just when I believed in you You did just what I thought you'd do Now 
everyone, and welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was End Love by Charlie Dog. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are y'all doing? Hey, Carl Hello. and Greg. Hey, Carl and Greg. So, Nicole. you know what I love about that song? You know, that, that that's when I was Charlie Dog. I love that because that's when... um. That was to me in my little back. I was back in the nineties. I thought that was country to me. I thought that you was thought country. that was country. <laughs> well, I thought that for me, being a rocker from New York, I figured acoustic guitar. Pat Buchanan played slide. We yeah, we flew you to Nashville. Right, I was in made Nashville. Record, made this record in Nashville. Made it in Nashville. I'm thinking it's like forget. I'm doing country now, man. You know, because so it's about it's about love and heartbreak. I figure, you know, the lyric was that. I don't. And then I just find out, Greg. I never knew that you played yep. timpani on that. Yeah, man. I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm performing on that track. It's actually one of my my favorite tracks. I, that whole record, I am very very proud to say I co-produced, and I think it well. It's, it's an amazing thing. I have another little surprise, and I'm, I don't care. We're just gonna just play it. Another thing I love about that song is that about maybe 15 years ago, Greg's daughter, Kate, oh, wow. decided to do a remake of that. I think you produced that as well, right? Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a stretch to say it's produced. Well, here it is. Check it oh, out. Well. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. This is, this is Kate. Nothing is wrong. Nothing is right. Nothing is clear. Nobody wins, nobody waits, cause nobody knows what's real. And how could you be so cruel? How could you let me think that you were happy to be there, waiting around for me and love? I am so shocked that you have a copy of that. I was actually thinking about that song. Um, I love that shot because like, I love that when you asked me, you, I think, yeah, it was like 10, 12 years ago. It was a while ago, right? Yeah, it's and been like, a long time. She was like she, 12 or 13 years old. Why would she choose that song of all? You know, it's funny. She, that she, she, lo she loved that song. I mean, of course, my kids grew up listening to all the people that I worked with, you know, because I would listen constantly to right. everything. And so... She said, she said, when we decided we'd do that, I, I basically, she was at a time in her life, she was 12 or 13, and she thought she wanted to be a pop star. And I said, well, you know, it's a lot of work. I don't know if you're ready to make that commitment. And so for her birthday, I took her in the studio and, and I said, we're going to make a couple tracks. And we spent the day. And uh, well, not for nothing, funny. Greg. You know, she, she has a great sound in her voice. She does. Like, you know, and I think, and she's beautiful. I don't know. Well, she could have. You know, if she would have went that route, I think she could have done something. You know, she's she's married now, and she's got a beautiful she baby. It. And she blew <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, let's put it. Let's make her part of our catalog. <laughs> right. So it's a fa fabulous song. Fantastic. That was a real delight to hear. So without before we can before we move on. 
I have two quasi semi retraction. <laughs> I can't wait for this. I've been looking forward to this, this all fantastic. week. Fantastic possible re- possible retraction for one. This is fantastic. This is for one. I'm not liking where the show Nashville is going. <laughs> I knew after the second or third season, you, know, you would like, have you would retract that. Pulling off roofs, there, there's plane crashes. You know, everyone's going crazy. It's it, crazy. It's like give me a break. You know, there's yeah. you know, like it I, jumped the shark and it just didn't stop. Anyway, and then I watched the um, the day the music died uh, documentary about Don McLean. So I'm, I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I don't think he lied. I don't think he he he, he was trying to perpetrate a uh, whatever. But but I still think he even mentions Lennon in, in the thing. Like he talks about Lennon. I'm telling you, the show could have been done in, in thirty minutes. It wasn't a ninety right. minute special. They just threw so much junk in there. So Carl, all you have to do is say Nicole was right. No, I will not say that. That's <laughs> much I will, I will not say you are right. You know. But I, what I will say is, I see what he's saying about the song, but. I still think that even though he he's using because you remember it was written in seventy one when all yeah. that stuff was going on, but still I think subliminally because I've written songs and I know what I've meant them to be, and then later on I go, oh wait a minute, this is about that. That you know, kind of came together, right? So I think right. he might have thought he was talking about these little specific things, but in reality, subliminally, it was about the Stones and Dylan and who I say. He even from mentions, the collective subconscious, right, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's my retraction. Bottom line is, like, mm-hmm. I, I still think I said so. You're half right. Okay, I'll give you half right. <laughs> okay, I'll take I, half right. Half right's better than not right at all. So it's not a full apology. <laughs> It's it's a semi. It, it's it, a it's what Carl will give, so Nicole will take yeah. it. So. <laughs> so anyway, so that's that. So all right, everybody, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I retract the, the first one hundred and one episodes of uh, you know everything I've said. <laughs> no, but it was it was pretty cool. Again, I didn't realize I didn't realize Pete Seeger was so involved in him getting getting famous. Mm-hmm. Like he basically joined Pete Seeger. And then when he talks about that Bye Bye song that they sang, and it shows how he basically just took a bunch of different things and, and kind of compiled this song. That's a folk That's a folk tradition, right? What people have been accusing Dylan of for years. Well, yeah, they're saying he ripped off, you know, Woody Guthrie. He's and taking like, you know, folk, folk stuff and, yeah. Well, I, well yeah, but so have the Beatles, man. You so have anybody. Like, they borrow. Right. You know, you, we all are uh, victims of what we hear and what we know. So, I like, mean, everything yeah. we had on the podcast recently has literally borrowed from something in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. So, yeah, like, but, only one, there's only one person I know who truly lives in a void. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Greg. <laughs> Greg. Stop. You know, like, Stop. so but, but you know, if you're born actually this- Nicole can vouch for me that this week I've done pretty good on the whole void thing. No, I've, you have. I've you shown actually, up. I've, you've I've got, shown up. You've shown up, and you've actually gotten to speak to some of the artists that we featured. So, it, yeah, like, it's been in it's person. Been so it's been a, a productive yeah. week for the other side of ninety four twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, so. dare we talk about who's been like following our and listening to our podcast? I think so. Because I think maybe that it's the way that they'll actually acknowledge the fact that I've for the second week in a row, Daryl Hall has been listening has, has liked our podcast. Fantastic! How cool is that? I wonder if he knows that we've met. You know, like if I don't his- know, but like so I it, 
Daryl Hall has liked our stories. Well, and if, if you guys are out there, you know, listening, you know, from the Daryl Hall camp, you know, Daryl and I met back in the probably early 80s when I was signed to Tommy Mottola, Champion Entertainment. We did this showcase at a place called My Father's Place out in Long Island, Roslyn. And Daryl came with, with Tommy that time and, and uh, came and watched us play, you know, and, and I, we talked a little bit. And so I, I doubt he remembers it, but we did briefly, you know, I knew John too up at the office on uh, 57th Street. I mean, they used to have the old champion entertainment We offices. talk about Guthrie Trap sometimes. Guthrie is a regular player with John. Yeah, and also uh, Pat. Yep. Didn't Pat yep. Buchanan play with Hall & Oates back in the day? I think he was part he of the band. Have. We, we've got a lot of like seven degrees of separation with Hall & Oates. Uh, yeah, so Daryl, get, get in touch. My good friend Gary Burke, he introduced me to this amazing guy. He's passed away, but uh, his name was T-Bone Woke. And T-Bone right. was this amazing bass player that was Actually, you probably might have recognized him. Oh, with him the beard and the hat, right? The, yeah, the, exactly. He wore that floppy hat, and he right, was an sure. amazing player. He was actually in G.E. Smith's band for Saturday Night Live, but he went on to be like Hall & Oates, like music director for several years running. You know, right. All amazingly talented people. A shout out to Daryl if you are, in fact, listening to the podcast. I think that is just... That's the well, what, what he's probably appreciating is our, is our is our deep well of knowledge. Don Kirshner, Kirshner Jr. Yeah. Don Kirshner Jr. Jr. Right. Today we feature the whole, no, the whole notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so I think I dominated this first half of the show. <laughs> en enough of me. I'm stuffy, you know. Are you ready to get introduced to our artist? Of yes. the week. <laughs> let's let's introduce the oh, all right. So the artist this week that we are gonna feature is Susan Heisey, which is how we think her name is pronounced, but we're not sure. So if H I S E Y Yeah, so. so if we butchered it, we apologize. But we are gonna listen to her single coma. But before we do that, we are gonna hear from her publicity company, which is Publicity Nation PR. This episode features an artist from Publicity Nation PR. Publicity Nation PR is a music, entertainment, and lifestyle public relations and artist development agency based in Nashville, Tennessee. They are an industry leader in music and entertainment publicity, artist development, branding, and commercial projects for artists, entertainers, entrepreneurs, and social influencers. Their drive, dedication, and exemplary work ethic leads the way to their client success. For more information, go to publicitynation.com. Again, that is publicitynation.com. Control. I found myself at the end of my rope, and I was holding on to anything I could. I felt so misunderstood. I drove through all my city just searching for myself, but I didn't recognize all the new city lights.
Reminds me. It reminds me of that Christine Christina Aguilera beautiful song. Kind of, Isn't yeah. It? You know, and yeah, it's it's nice. It's cool. But you, but you know, it's funny. You know, you're talking about and talking about Christina Aguilera. She was Christina on Nashville. Christina Aguilera. Whatever, Christina Aguilera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aguilera. I'm an Italian okay. guy. Christina this Aguilera. This has become the name portion of the uh, the podcast. But you know what? She was on a few, a few episodes of um, Nashville. Yeah, she was. And you know who else was on it that that rocked me? Elton John did a, a thing where the guy from the, the band sings with him on stage. What the hell is Elton John doing on this TV show? Greg's oh, loving yeah, this yeah. deep dive into Nashville. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Elton John. Oh, oh, don't tell me I Paul, just, Mc, like, Paul McCartney does a duet with Johnny Britton. You got to watch to the end, Carl. <laughs> it's the, the Dylan, you go it's into Dylan Nashville, Springsteen the and Connie Britton. Becomes, yeah. yeah, right, right. <laughs> Mm. Uh. Uh, all right do you want to get to know our artist this week since she did answer our questions of the week sure. let's get to know do we ask questions are we, we still asking those questions we are so the first question we asked susan was to tell us a little bit about herself hello um a little bit about me so I am an artist in Nashville, Tennessee. I am originally from Elyria, Ohio, which is just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, in between Cedar Point and Cleveland. If you know Cedar Point, it's the best. Um, all the best roller coasters. I've been in Nashville for about 14 years now. I came for school. I was a commercial music major at Belmont University. And since graduating about 10 years ago, I have been teaching voice lessons, doing uh, writers rounds, leading worship at my church. And this uh, new single I have out is actually my debut single, Coma. And I'm so, so excited about it. It focuses on mental health. Um, It's all about my anxiety journey that I have been going through and uh, specifically the journey that I was coming out of a couple of years ago of intense anxiety and panic attacks for a few years. So really excited to be sharing my story and hopefully connect with others who experience struggles with anxiety. And I plan to, um, in the coming months, get more involved in the conversation of mental health with other mental health organizations, podcasts, and whatnot, continue making music and leading worship at my church. Yeah. You know, I, I had bad anxiety years ago. I still kind of get them now, but now I know what they are. So now I know how to like kind of handle them, you mm-hmm. know, so I can, they're not really severe at all. So I know a bit about that. So yeah, it's pretty, it can be debilitating, you know, that stuff. Well, I had um, 
So for the listeners that don't know, I have um, an autoimmune disorder called Hashimoto's. And one of the signs before I was diagnosed was actually food anxiety. And I had terrible anxiety towards like certain foods where I thought that even if I like remotely touch them, like I would go into anaphylaxis. And that was like completely untrue. And just come to find out that my thyroid levels were so off to the point that they're like, yeah, it's kind of like you're hallucinating. It's all anxiety based and getting my levels down has completely helped with that. But like that is terrifying when like you don't know what's going on and you feel like you're completely out of control. And it's part of your subconscious. I thought I was losing my mind. I I thought I was going crazy, you know, Mm -hmm. literally, you know. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, you know, these bodies of ours and these minds of ours are incredible, but also they can be really, when things go weird, they can be, you know, horrifying. You mm-hmm. know, like stuff. I've been telling you guys, you should join me in the void. Everything's <laughs> fine here in the void. Maybe we'll join you one day. But anyway, we, we're digressing. Let's let's let's, <laughs> let's, what, let's get to know Susan a little bit more. All right, sorry, Susan. <laughs> so uh, we asked her, "What music artists have influenced your career so far?" A big question. What other music artists have inspired my music career so far? Currently, I take a lot of inspiration um, musically and aesthetically a little bit too with visuals and kind of marketing styles of Caitlin Smith. I love her music. So she's currently my songwriting muse, Caitlin Smith. I love, love, love Patty Griffin as well. As a vocalist, uh, I connect really well with Linda Ronstadt. I take a lot of inspiration from her. I worked a lot on that, on my vocals in college and utilizing a lot of her songs as a music major. And, but yeah, I take a lot of inspiration from different country artists, a lot of um, country powerhouse ladies of the nineties, like Faith Hill and Martina McBride, Leanne Rimes. And I love pop artists like Kelly Clarkson and Sarah Bareilles. I listen to a little bit of everything, anything with some soul in it. Um, so some Aretha Franklin, uh, some Adele. Yeah, those are, I feel like the biggest artists probably that are coming to mind right now um, that I take inspiration from. You know, the more I, I hear people answer that question, the more I feel it's an unfair question. Because I think, in, you know, me being an artist myself, I'm influenced by everything I've ever heard. You know, there, there's right. there's no right. like... But aren't there certain time periods nah, that you're influenced more than the other? So like even asking the question in the moment, like they may have been influenced by others in the past, but like at that current moment, maybe it's someone different? Well, there, I, I like the question. There are two things going on for me. One is that I almost always hear a name that I'm not familiar with. Right. And, and then the other thing is that I, I like the outliers. So some people like... We, Recently, we had that band say that the Almond Brothers were an inspiration. I'm like, wow, that's really cool that somebody, you know, 40 or 50 years their senior are influencing the music they're making. I think that's pretty cool. We did ask her one last question, right? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So we asked- What, what is that? We got to change that one last question, don't we? We do. I mean, this is, we've only been doing it a few weeks this time. Okay, so. so what's the question? The question is, if you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? I like that question too. One thing I would change about the music industry, I think, is the level of control that major labels have on an artist and on their career and vision. I am just someone who music and my career is my passion, and I want to be able to 
pave the way for that vision of what my artistry is and what it comes to be. So I've kind of always had this fear of being controlled. <laughs> Not that all major label situations have to be that way. And there are such positive things that come out of major label situations and, and deals as well. Um, but I, I am always really inspired by independent artists who make a living for themselves and become successful, not on a major label. And um, yeah, so I feel like that's one thing I would change. It's, it's kind of been something that's always been on my mind um, as a potential happening and fear. <laughs> so I think that's one thing I would change is like the the artist's uh, creativity, being able to um, not be taken over or not be taken advantage of like I've seen in other situations. So I think that's what it would be for me. I also think the converse of what Susan was saying too. I think in my experience, when major labels come calling, you know, they can tell an artist they need to, you know, ride in on a donkey and, you know, sing this song and, uh, you know, throw bananas into the crowd. And the artists are just happy to have the attention. From you now know, on, so, whenever I Greg mean, says anything, we'll just mute him and do this. <laughs> Well, you know, I have such a healthy distaste for where the music business has gone. And I'm always reading every week. I'm trying to stay abreast of what's going on. And then I'm reading about the hundreds of millions of dollars that are being collected on behalf of the music industry. And I don't know anybody that's making money. So where where's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Where's the, where are the hundreds of millions, billions of dollars going? They're going from the streaming service to, to the labels, and then they dematerialize. Well, as they say, always follow the money, and the money will lead you to where it's going. So that's all you have to do. <laughs> follow it the money. It ain't going to the artists. Uh, you know, I think it's going, going to Amazon. I think it's going to Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. <laughs> There you go. And they're Probably. shooting it off into space, right? right. I don't know, man. Mm. What do we know? I don't All know. All I know is I changed my mind. I totally, totally apologize. You're totally right. I was totally wrong about Don McLean's song. Well, that's a surprising <laughs> take on this episode. I think that that means we should probably get on out before you have any way to take it back. <laughs> and I hate the show, Nashville. I hate it. <laughs> So another wonderful episode. So again, <laughs> another episode in the bag. Anyway, all right, let's get us out of here. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. For everything that we spoke about, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. 